Hello everyone and welcome to episode 32 of Addy Time, a Games and Grouch Studio podcast. Another week has gone by in the wonderful world of football and yesterday we witnessed the surprise result of the season. Maybe not the result actually, but the scoreline itself. If anyone out there thought realistically that that was going to be the score in the Liverpool United game, then please send me the lottery numbers because nobody saw that coming. And I feel like that's a good place to start, actually. So we'll do the Premier League review. And then what I will do is talk about the Champions League fixtures that are coming up too. And then we will review the weekend's fixtures as well. Have a look and see what's going on. But the Premier League review. So that's, uh, there's only one place to start, isn't there? Liverpool 7. 7. Man United 0. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable result. Um, 7-0 is a record. It's a record score in that game, in that fixture. Uh, I believe it's Liverpool's highest win as well in the Premier League. Mo Salah is now Liverpool's top goal scorer in Premier League history. He's one clear now of Robbie Fowler, so he will carry on and, and stretch that record even further. Uh, he got two goals in the game. Thought he was excellent. So, so good. And he just tore United a new one and he was absolutely on fire. Uh, and another... 20 goal season for Salah in all competitions as well. So unbelievable, really. Uh, two goals from Salah, two from Nunes, two from Gakpo, whose second goal I thought was was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the the work, the build up from Salah as well uh, in that was was superb. And then Bobby Firmino comes on who announced earlier in the week that he would be leaving at the end of the season. His contract is up and he will be going on a free. He comes on and gets the seventh goal. It's be, it'd be easy for me to sit here and just eulogise about the, the forwards, but I thought midfield-wise, Liverpool were much, much better. Henderson was relentless. I think Fabinho makes such a difference to that Liverpool side. I think he offers protection to the likes of Trent and he's just he's just there stopping the play you know Henderson doesn't stop running so it, and I thought Harvey Elliott had a good game as well but obviously you know but those performances are overshadowed by what the strikers did uh, particularly particularly Salah who was superb I mean the first half it was fairly even Liverpool were were definitely the better team in the first 20 minutes United then did come back into it. Um, but then that goal just before half time, it it was it was the game changer, really. And then the goal just half just after half time, the second goal. Felt like it was it felt like it was game over at that point, actually. And which I think is, you know, if I was a United fan, I'd be looking at that and looking at the way that the players then performed after that second goal went in. Given what United have been able to do recently, I'd be really, really disappointed in the lack of reaction at 2-0. Okay, I've I've heard it or I've heard it over the last sort of 24 hours, 
you know, how Anfield can be a ground like no other that can, you know, once you go one or two down, that's it. You could be in for a horrendous after, afternoon. And Gary Neville said it best, really, when he said, like, any team, some of the, the best teams have, have been to Anfield and taken a 4-0, taken a 5-0. You know, we've seen it. We've seen Liverpool do that on numerous occasions in the Premier League, in Europe. You know, they've done it They've, they've done it to United now, uh, albeit it was seven overall. But I thought, I thought the United display second half was absolutely shocking. Now, United have, have really turned a corner this season. There's no doubt about that. Ten Hag has done uh, an amazing job. And I spoke glowingly about the, the likes of Casemiro last week. However, I felt that yesterday, a number of those players really, really let United down. Uh, none more so than than Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> I mean, he was... It was a... It was, a performance that for me was beyond pathetic and it was embarrassing from Bruno. Now, for me, he's a bit like Marmite. I actually think as a footballer, I think he's very, very good. He's very talented. You know, his goals and assists in that first sort of 18 months to two years that he was at United was some of the best in Europe. But he has got that side to him where, you know, he does play act. He does try and win the foul. And there's there's a number of players that do this. You know, I'm not saying he's the only one. But his performance yesterday, you know, even at 2-0, even at 2-0, you, you see him at the bottom of the of the screen. He's flapping his arms around. You know, Gary Neville accused him at 6-0 of wanting to be subbed off. I'm not sure whether that is the case. Uh, he went down holding his face like he'd been shot when he'd just been pushed off in the chest. Um Pushed the linesman for me should have been sent off. Okay, he didn't push it. It wasn't Paolo Di Canio style, but he pushed the linesman, trying to foul players and then not tracking back. I thought it was it was the one of the worst captain's performances I've ever seen from a player. Uh, I, I thought it was truly truly pathetic from a player that is is so good and can be so good. Uh, but look, I'm not going to pick on all the United players. Um, I thought I thought Varane was poor. Fred didn't have a great game again, and I'm still not sold on Anthony. Uh, I think there's a good player there, um, but I think with him, he needs to stop trying to pick fights. He reminds me a lot of Zaha. Stop trying to pick fights and just play football. It's going to take Anthony a while to get used to the to the Premier League, the rough and tumble. And if he can just get on with it, then I'm sure he'll be absolutely fine. But yeah, um, not great from United. And look, they've 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 had to come back in games. You know, this I wouldn't say that this result was coming because nobody could see this coming. Nobody saw a seven nil. Could did people think United uh, Liverpool could win? Yeah, absolutely. I know a few United fans that were like. I'm a bit nervous about about Sunday, despite despite having a a wonderful few days. You know, United winning the Carabao Cup, beating Barcelona, going through to the next round of the FA Cup. There was some nerves around this fixture, and you know, it's Anfield. Anything can happen uh, in in a, in such a 
highly volatile derby game. You know, they had to come back that to come back from being one nil down against West Ham. You know, they went two nil down to Leeds the other week and had to come back. Um, so this there has been some little frailties in United's play, but no one could have seen this. So hey, it is what it is. It won't define United's season. I don't expect them to now go on and completely collapse and, and fall down the league. I still think United are going to be in the top four. I still think that they will win one of, if not both of, the Europa and the FA Cup. So this won't define their season, but it's it's uh, certainly it's certainly the moment of the season, I think, so far, is, is this result. I, I also don't think it means that Liverpool are back. Yes, they've now climbed up the table. Could I see them getting into the top four ahead of the likes of Tottenham or Newcastle? Yes, I could. Absolutely could. Uh, but I don't think... Th- this is, this doesn't mean that Liverpool are back. This isn't the Liverpool of, of 1920-2021 season. So, a uh, good result for them. But it's uh, still a long way to go, I think, for, for Liverpool. Right, let's talk about some of the other games. I'll, I'll go through them um, fairly quickly. So, Man City beat Newcastle 2-0. Uh, that's now one win in five in the Premier League for Newcastle, one win in six in all competition. They've now slipped down to six, but they are. I do have two games in hand over Spurs. Uh, I did watch most of this game. I thought it was a fairly, yeah, I say fairly straightforward. Just before Man City's second goal, Newcastle were pushing and could have could have scored themselves really, uh, but Man City's quality showed in the end. And they managed to run out two nil winners. Uh, we had Arsenal coming back from being two goals down at home to beat Bournemouth three two, a ninety seventh minute goal there with uh, getting them the win. Bournemouth scored after nine seconds, <laughs> so quickest goal of the season. Uh, then went and then Arsenal went two 0 down, but they did come back. Reese Nelson coming on and uh, scoring and assisting in that one. It's a bit of a super sub is Reese Nelson and out of contract in the summer. So Arsenal, Arsenal keep going on. Arsenal march on, and oh, I, not many teams have given up a five point lead at this stage of a season. I think it's only happened three times in in Premier League history. So, you know, history is on Arsenal's side. Do they have the experience? Do they have the right mentality to, to see this through to the end? Or are City going to come good? It remains to be seen. Uh, one absolutely crazy stat from the weekend. So this was the first time... Saturday's game was the first time since 1986 that an Arsenal starting eleven didn't contain a player that was managed by Arsene Wenger. That is just a mental stat. So I know obviously Wenger wasn't there in 1986, but there were players from the 1986 onwards that played under Wenger. I'm, you know, thinking of Tony Adams and the like. And then obviously your your player that you've still got at the club, 
who played under Wenger is Granit Xhaka. So, yeah, what a mental start that is. Just shy of, what, 40 years? Fucking crazy. Crazy stuff. Um, right, uh, Villa picked up a 1-0 win against Crystal Palace. No shots on targets for Palace, and they now have one win in 10. Uh, Villa only had the one shot on target, to be fair. So I don't think this was a classic. Uh, Crystal Palace, I do put them in that relegation scrap. I think they will be okay. I think there are worse teams than Palace. Uh, but I, I can see why Palace fans are starting to worry a little bit. One win in 10 isn't isn't great uh, and doesn't, uh, doesn't bode well going forward, but I do think Palace will, will just about be okay. Uh, talking of another team and a manager that's definitely under pressure now, um, West Ham lost 4-0 away at Brighton. Uh, David Moyes under huge, huge pressure. They, that they being the West Ham fan base, want Moyes gone. He is the favourite to be the next manager sacked. It'd be interesting to see, you know, West Ham are actually, they're, they're still in, they're still in Europe. Um, I believe they're playing in the Europa Conference League this week, actually. So, it, it, it's not the priority, is it, really? Um, the, the, the Conference League, it's not, it's, it's not West Ham's priority because they are very much in that relegation scrap as well amongst, uh, amongst other clubs. Uh, Brighton just keep going from strength to strength. Do it. What what an amazing job that uh, Deserve is doing there. I mean, is it because he's picked up Potter's team? I don't know. It would have been easy for them to to fall away, but he's doing a great job. And they're, uh, I mean, they keep going. I mean, they're, they're three. They've got three games in hand on Spurs, who are currently fourth, and they're only six points behind. So. I mean, you look you look at it, you know, Brighton. I, I talked earlier about Liverpool getting in there ahead of Newcastle and and Tottenham. You you can't actually write off Brighton right now in terms of being able to make that Champions League spot. So it uh, remains to be seen. But what a season they're having. And I've said it before, you know, I think they're a, I think they're a great football club as well. Chelsea got a much needed win uh, against Leeds. Uh, winning one nil, much needed for for under pressure Graham Potter. Um, just to compound sort of my misery even more, um, <laughs> the goal was scored. The Chelsea goal was scored by none other than Wesley Fofana and si- assisted by Ben Chilwell. So a goal made in Leicester for Chelsea, but it was against one of Leicester's relegation rivals so you know you could look at it that way and think they've 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 done us a favor Leeds still very much in that in that relegation battle as well with with the likes of Leicester and Wolves who to be fair to them did beat Spurs 1-0 I mean what is going on with Spurs poor again they are fourth but others are others are breathing down their neck a great result for Wolves, but I mean, what's going to? It doesn't look like Conte is going to stay beyond the season. He's still not on the touchline. Uh, he did come back, but clearly, 
he rushed that back. Uh, it was too soon in, in, in doing all of that stuff. So they're still waiting for for him to uh, to come back and actually be on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, Conte's, I'm pretty sure he's got this record of whichever club he's been at, he's won something, and then he's gone to Tottenham. Uh, not a great week for, for Spurs either, losing to Sheffield United in the FA Cup. So that's another trophyless season for Spurs. Uh, unless they get fourth. And we all remember what Wenger said famously, fourth is a trophy. Yeah. So, right, on to the Saturday evening game. Oh, man. Southampton beat Leicester City 1-0. I don't want to go into this too much. I'm... I'm bored of saying the same thing every week and I'm sure you guys are bored of hearing me say the same thing every week. The reality of this is is that Leicester are very much now in a relegation battle and I've been saying it for weeks. There was there was the Tottenham and the Villa game scoring eight goals, picking up six points which was which was vital and could be very vital come the end of the season. But this felt like such a huge game. Southampton, bottom of the league. Less, with a, a win, Leicester could have just pulled away that little bit more. Another three points closer to safety. And they couldn't do it. Um, look, they, they had loads, Leicester had loads of chances. Uh, but they just couldn't convert them. And... You know, it's all well and good, you know, Rogers coming out and saying, if we keep playing like that, we'll be fine. We lost. We lost to the team that are bottom of the league. They've won one game at home all season and we lost to them. Excuse me, we lost to them. Um, it's just becoming, uh, it's just becoming very hard to watch. Uh, it's becoming very predictable. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what more to say. I, I, there's no point in me sort of analysing the game. We lost. Should we have won? Based on chances, yeah. But realistically, no. You know, Ianacho misses three great chances. Great chances. Uh, but not enough players turned up again. Now, there's been number of a number of things doing the rounds on social media that. Uh, the players aren't happy with the tactics. The players aren't happy that certain players of the the some other players have been frozen out. I.e., Soyuncu, they've been completely frozen out. Um, I mean, the high line. Going back to the tactics thing, the high line that that Rogers wanted to play. That's what did us for the goal was the high line, and I don't get it when, you know, no disrespect, you know, Harry Suter, he'll win your headers. But you're not going to win a. He's not going to win a foot race, at all. Wout Fass, I said it on his debut. He looked to me like a B-Tech Soyuncu, in that there's a decent defender there who can carry the ball out into the midfield and and whatnot, and thinks they're fairly comfortable on the ball. 
but actually they just wander off and do very stupid things, very rash things, diving, diving in on challenges when they don't need to. Um, and again, you know, you've got a question, you got, but the thing is it runs deeper than just the manager right now. Uh, and Leicester fans are, are picking this apart really that, this has been a steady decline over the last probably two to three years. Yes, won the FA Cup and all of that sort of stuff. But, you know, players players were allowed to leave, like senior players were allowed to leave without a good replacement coming in. Smichael, allowed to leave without a good replacement coming in. We're buying players in the £15 million region it's not that that isn't going to keep you in the Premier League you know 15 million pound doesn't get you much these days in terms of quality you know I'm reserving judgment on the likes of Harry Souter uh, and I'm I'm reserving judgment on Tete as well because to be fair he's come into a, a club that is low on confidence and that's poor you know but then you have to look at the overall management of it all you know, it was Rogers allowed two wingers to go out on loan on deadline day. Harvey Barnes goes off injured. We're now back down to one winger, which was the exact thing that I said weeks ago, that if Barnes or Tete get injured, we're back down to having one recognized winger at the club. Don't know whether Barnes is going to be fit for Saturday. Remains to be seen. Um, the players look, they look unfit. And another thing that's been doing the rounds on social media, the rumor is that the players are unhappy with the training. And that is what is leading to Leicester having so many injuries. And to the, and for the, the reason that the players look dead on their feet after 70 minutes. And I said it, I said it all season, pretty much. The players just do not look fit. It seems to me like they've been they're being run absolutely ragged in training, and then they've got nothing for for the game. We've got too many players that are low on confidence, uh, and too many players that just don't want to be there. That know that they're not going to be there next season, so they're just phoning it in, and it's not good enough. Uh, and and it's uh, it's piss poor, and the club is people outside of supporting Leicester probably don't realise this, but as a club from top to bottom, um, and that's not a that that that's not a, a, a play on words necessarily, but the club needs looking at, and something needs to change. You know, the director of football go, you know, the Rogers, okay, you you. Rogers was right when he said that this team needed a rebuild. I don't feel like he's now the man to do it. All, all of this, this, this isn't about keeping Leicester in the Premier League for Brendan Rogers for me. This is about Rogers preserving his reputation. And the thing is, it, I do think he's a good coach, but let's face it, he, he, he fucked up at Liverpool. They should have won the league. Okay. He goes to Celtic when Rangers weren't really around and wins everything. Fair enough. He comes back to Leicester and he inherits one of the best squads, even probably better than 
the title winning squad, one of the best squads that Leicester have ever had. And it is no surprise, actually, that in the first two full seasons that Rodgers was the Leicester manager, that we get two top six finishes, should have been top four, and win an FA Cup because the squad that he inherited was very, very good. But slowly and but slowly but surely, over the four years that Rogers has been there, he has ruined the players. Some players have had absolutely horrendous injuries. And it's down to for me, it's down to the training, it's down to his tactics, and just down to Rogers being Rogers. And if I I mean, the one thing that pissed me off the most, actually, about Saturday was the fact that every time we got a throw-in near the dugout, you could hear him clapping like a fucking seal for an awful bit of play. We are too soft, and it starts with the manager. I'm sick of seeing the manager applauding mediocrity on the pitch. Okay, gone are the days where you would, you know, you're you'd Neil Warnock back in the day bollocking players and you, uh, it was that manager that famously sacked a player at half time and offered him out for a scrap. It, those days are gone. But I want to see a bit of fucking bollocks from some of these players. You know, when, when we're giving the ball away, I want to see Rogers shouting at them. And I also want to see a bit of fucking leadership on the pitch. We're too soft. That starts with the manager. right? I know football's changed. Your hard men of football aren't there anymore. The game has changed, but Alcaraz, I think it was Alcaraz, does an absolutely awful, awful tackle on Castagna, which for me was a red card. Not a single, not a single Leicester player is around there. He knew he'd done wrong. He was begging the referee not to be sent off. Not a single Leicester player is surrounding the referee trying to get trying to get something, trying to get into the referee's ear, trying to convince the referee. And I know that sounds shit, but I watched Everton Forest uh, yesterday, which which finished finished 2-2. Two, two. two teams that are down there scrapping, and they're in each other's faces. There's tackles going in, there's fight, there's passion, there's determination. You know that... They're running back in numbers. They're getting forward in numbers. I do not see that from my team. And that is why I think actually ultimately we're going down. And it tops off an absolutely shite week, really, because the Blackburn performance was, don't even get me started on that. It was absolutely dreadful. Um, (laughs) But again, no leadership, zero leadership. And look, James Madison has responded to a tweet tonight uh, that so the tweet is from Rob Tanner, who works for the Athletic and covers Leicester quite a lot. Where he has said that there's no game plan defensively all over the place, don't take our chances, etc. etc. And James Madison has replied or quote tweeted the tweet saying, Rubbish, try watching the game. If you actually watch the game instead of trying to create headlines, you'll realize that we're creating loads of chances, we were the better team, and we'll be absolutely fine. Now, look. I absolutely love James Madison. He is one of the most technically gifted footballers I've seen in a blue shirt after Riyad Mahrez. And he deserves to be playing at a better level. He deserves to be playing in Europe. He deserves to be playing 
you know, maybe even in the Champions League and deserves to be winning medals as well. But I'm sorry, James, that is just not good enough. And it's all right for you because if we go down, well, even if we don't go down, you're off in the summer, mate. And you're likely going to double your wages. You'll be on a nice cool 200 grand a week. And off you go. And I do think, actually, he does care about the club, despite where he comes from. I do think he cares about Leicester because I think he's let, you know, we've, 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 we've taken him, you know, to our, to our hearts and he's won an FA Cup with us and he's won the Community Shield with us. But to come out and say, we'll be absolutely fine, start delivering it on the pitch. Yes, I know he's been injured. Yes, he has been our best player this season and we look even worse without him. But prove us wrong because if we're when we're in the championship next season, you're going to be at Newcastle probably in Europe, and you'll be absolutely fine, Jack. But I know his name's James. It's the it's the saying, isn't it? <laughs> you'll be absolutely fine. We'll be in the championship in the shit because the attitude from the players seemingly is, oh, we're creating chances. We'll be absolutely fine. We lost to the team bottom of the league who have won one game at home all season. 29% of Southampton's points this season have come against Leicester. They've done the double over us. If that doesn't ring alarm bells, nothing will. And we deserve to go down if that's the case. And look, there's a number of players there that I don't even think are good enough for the championship. So... I said I wasn't going to go into detail. I've gone absolutely apeshit. That's been coming for a few days. Uh, I, I I kept off social media yesterday. I kept away from, from uh, my phone in its entirety yesterday. Just because. How many games do we play a season? 38? Leicester have got 13 cup finals. And as a minimum, and it still might not be enough, Leicester need 13 points. That would put Leicester, that I'd put them on 37. Look, West Ham are below us. Leeds are below us. Everton are, are Everton, Southampton and Bournemouth make up the bottom three, but there is, there's three points in it between those teams. And then you've got Forest on 26, Wolves on 27, and Palace on 27. Um, okay, Everton Everton have played one more game, so that could really come, come back to bite them. But I think people are, are, are starting to wake up and realise actually Leicester, oh God, Leicester could actually go down here. Um, and look, if it doesn't happen this season, it happens next season. I know I keep saying that. Um, Oh, that's the that's the real reality of it. Okay, I'm gonna stop. Uh, I'm gonna stop chatting, chatting nonsense. Right. We have Champions League games this week. Spurs are in action against AC Milan. They are 1-0 down from the first leg. And Chelsea are also 1-0 down from the first leg. They play Borussia Dortmund at Stamford Bridge. Um, 
so two very very important games because you know Chelsea don't look like they're going to make Europe at all next season let alone the the Champions League um but I do feel like this is actually a a winnable game for Chelsea the the first leg yes they lost 1-0 but they they battered Dortmund that's something ridiculous like 21 shots it was it it was it was crazy and Dortmund are, are doing really well uh, this season they're having a good season and and obviously you've got Jude Bellingham there and and the like uh, the the lad that plays up front that scored in the first leg but i do think chelsea have got enough to overturn the 1-0 um i don't think it's i don't i don't know about tottenham i don't know enough about ac milan this season all i know is tottenham are flakier than i don't know what um <laughs> They can be great one week, you know, beating Man City, then losing to relegation Leicester uh, the week later. Again, Spurs, although they, I keep saying it, they sit fourth, but it's not, uh, it's not guaranteed for them at all with the way that they're playing as well. I don't see either one of these teams winning the Champions League, although it is something you could see someone like. Chelsea doing it's something that they've done before when they've been unexpected but um two big games in Europe this season for them uh so in the Europa League from an English club's point of view uh, Arsenal are away at Sporting Lisbon and Man United will be looking for an immediate response to the yesterday's drubbing there at home to Real Batiste they are I think overall, you know, over the two over the two legs, I do expect both Arsenal and Man United to go through. And then later on this week, uh, West Ham are away to Larnaca, Larnasa, who are a Cypriot club formed in nineteen ninety four. So there we go. Never heard of them. I mean, I know, I know that the I know Premier League survival is is going to be the is going to be the order of things for for West Ham right now. But you would think that if they was to go, if West Ham were to go to go out to no offense to it to a Cypriot team in the Conference League, that really could be the end of Moyes. But you know, it goes back a little bit, I guess, to again talking about Leicester and with with Rogers. Who's out there to replace them? Really? I mean, I've seen Benitez's name mentioned. Um, Thomas Frank keeps being linked with the Leicester job. Why the hell would Thomas Frank want to leave Brentford right now to go to 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 go to to go to Leicester? The only thing that's going to tempt Thomas Frank to Leicester is if you give him stupid amounts of cash as a wage, not transfer budget. And look what happened. Look, look, look where we've ended up. We've ended up with a manager who is on more money than Carlo Ancelotti and we're going to get relegated because Leicester shit themselves thinking he was going to go to Arsenal. So offered him a stupid contract Instead, Arteta goes there and 
They're about to win the league. Oh, I'm rambling. I'm rambling. So yeah, there we go. That is that is a I put Champions League, but it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a look into sort of the European fixtures this week. Uh, big week really for definitely for Chelsea and Tottenham. I feel it's a lot a lot bigger than than perhaps the other European competitions. I mean, if you know if Arsenal were to go out of this at uh, this stage, it would be disappointing. But I'm almost certain. Uh, Arsenal fans would prefer the Premier League to the Europa League. And I think I think United fans would like to see them win the Europa League, obviously. You want to see your team win any competition that they're in. But again, I think United, if United were to win the League Cup and get top four, that would be that would be a good season for United, in my humble opinion. Right. Before I go into this weekend's Premier League fixtures. Uh, just a reminder that this is a Games and Grap Studio podcast, and Games and Grap Studios brings you the Clubhouse, which is Sunny's podcast, which is brilliant. Uh, we also have the Games and Grap's podcast itself as well. Always a really good listen. It's gone so far away from being about wrestling and gaming that. <laughs> It's just it's worth listening just because it's funny. Um, even if you're not overly into games or, or wrestling and or wrestling, um, it's worth a listen for that. And Finn is still plugging away on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash the Finn Steel. Right. Let's do these let's do these Premier League fixtures. I was hoping to have a few more sort of graphics as I went along, but um, time got the better of me, unfortunately. Let's have a look at fixtures then. So for this weekend coming, in fact, before I go into that, at as we speak, uh, Brentford are playing Fulham and Brentford are 1-0 up. Let's have a quick look, see who scored. Ethan Pinnock after six minutes. Another great, another great club, Brentford. I think they're, I think they're a fantastic football team. Just everything that they do, everything they do on and off the pitch, it's good stuff. Right then, Saturday the eleventh of March, we start off with Bournemouth, who sit in the relegation zone against Liverpool. Would it be mad to say a Bournemouth win? All things considered, now. Maybe this is the Leicester fan in me because the sort this is the sort of thing that Leicester would do is they'd go and beat a team six or seven nil, like a Man United or someone like that. Do you remember like Villa put seven past Liverpool, didn't they? And then okay, the perfect example, Leicester beat Man City five one or five two uh during COVID times. And then a week later, lost to Fulham, who were bottom of the league. Could the same thing happen here to Liverpool? I don't see it. I don't see it myself personally. But football, it's uh, a mental sport. Everton, Brentford. I mean, Everton, look, all of these games now, it's, it's like I said, Leicester have got 13 cup finals. All of these teams down here, Everton, Leeds, 
Forest, even Palace, Southampton, West Ham, Wolves. These are now, every game is a cup final. Um, I think Everton-Brentford will be a draw. Uh, I think I don't think Leeds will get the better of Brighton. I think that's going to be a Brighton win. Leicester host Chelsea. Uh, I hate to say I see nothing but I see nothing but a Chelsea win, uh, and and I'm I, I do think it's going to get really really toxic on Saturday. I mean, you, you imagine a situation where Fafana and Chilwell have scored, and oh yeah, it's just going to go. It's it's not going to be very good at all. Uh, Spurs against Forest. I think Conte is expected to be back in the dugout for that one. I'm going to go for a Spurs win. Palace, who I spoke about earlier, who uh, won one in 10, face Man City at Selhurst Park. This is the time of the season where you've got 10 to 12 games to go that Man City just, you know, pick up 36 points and just... I think Man City will win that one. Fulham-Arsenal won't be an easy game for Arsenal, but I will go for an Arsenal win. United, I only see United absolutely trounce in Southampton, all things considered. Um, <laughs> hey, would it be would it be out of the uh, would it be out of the question for them to win seven uh, nil? No, uh, they beat them nine nil a couple of years ago. Uh, West Ham Villa, massive game for West Ham down at the foot of the table. The Leicester fan in me wants to see Villa win, which is something I thought I'd never say. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a draw. I think it'll be a draw. Uh, Newcastle Wolves, like I said, Newcastle slipping a little bit, but Wolves and Wolves are also playing well. I do think Newcastle will come good here and they will get the win. Uh, and then we have uh, a couple of midweek games next week, but hopefully I'll be recording before them, so we'll cover them then at that point. And that is it for episode 32 of Added Time. Thank you for sticking with me. And if you've made it this far and you've made it through my rant about Leicester, thank you very much. I know that my content on all the social medias can be a bit Leicester-heavy, but... I did warn you, I warned you 32 episodes ago that that could happen. But I am trying to mix it up a bit, trying to get back into tweeting about all football, really. There's not really much I could have said yesterday about the Liverpool game on Twitter that hadn't already been said. Um, And I've spoke about it today as well. So thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to go over to Twitter to at added football and on there in the bio is the link tree and that takes you to youtube where you can look look at me if you really want to uh, or half of me because usually i'm covered by a microphone uh, facebook i'm on there as well for some reason uh, and then all the links to the different podcast services that added time is available on and added time is also available on the games and graps podcast feed as well Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, stay well, and I will speak to you next time. Goodbye.